Hello, everybody. This is Tyson, and I am on here with a special guest, a personal friend of mine uh, that we've been friends for a couple of years and have been coaches and other things like that. But her name is Danita. Is it Bremer or is it Bremer? Bremer. It's Bremer. It's Bremer. (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, and I know that we could. Um, I, I brought her in here because I shared with her a little bit about all this inherent identity stuff and she took it and then she went off on a whole journey and we had a bunch of Marco Polos back and forth, um, talking about her challenges <laughs> Yeah, with, with it all, or at least just, uh, working through it. And I thought it would just be really neat to, to talk with her about that experience, but uh, Danita, maybe you could share maybe just a little bit more about who you are, and then we can dive into some of your journey. So that'd be okay. It will be okay. So actually, <laughs> I, I I want to introduce myself because everyone knows you. Yeah. Listening to this, <laughs> and I think that we're kindred spirits. When I think of Tyson Bradley, I'm like Tyson, like like he's like my brother. I don't have any brothers in real life, um, but it's like this brother energy. And also I'm a Gemini. And so I'm oh. all looking for like twins in the world. Yeah. And I think you're one of them. And as I thought about this, I thought, oh yeah, he, he, that's interesting because there's so much about Tyson Bradley. That is the opposite of Danita Bremer. <laughs> <laughs> some things that are really in common. So some yeah. things Tyson is like goofy and silly and a performer and that is not me. Like, I'm like, no, don't, don't make me perform. Don't make me be silly in front of people. Um, Tyson has this like tech savvy part of him. And that is something I have to work on. I I wouldn't say that I'm not tech savvy. Yeah. I just, I don't identify (laughs) as a person (laughs) who's like really good at technology. Um, but I, I make it work. And I, as I go along, I find that I'm probably better than I think. And Tyson is an early riser. Mm. Like you talk Truth. about getting up at three thirty-five in the morning. Ridiculous. Not something that's easy for me. Tyson takes cold showers. I revel in the hot, hot, hot <laughs> water. <shower. laughs> so, um, but what you're probably asking about is what kind of coach am I? Where am I in the world? I yeah. live outside of Denver, Colorado with my husband and two terrible teenagers is how I'm talking about them these days. They're oh, good. Um, they're amazing. They're amazing. They're totally awesome. And they're just at those ages. I have a 16 year old daughter. She just got her driver's license a week ago. She's driving out in the snow. She thinks, you know, Mm-hmm. She doesn't need mom and dad anymore. Um, and then I have a 14 year old son and he's just at that age. That's like kind of heart wrenching to a mama where he's kind of separating himself from his mom and I get it, but also I'm just like, Oh, but I love you. And let me still hug and kiss you. So he doesn't like that. <laughs> oh dear. And then I have a young adult who is freshman in college mm. and she decided to go to college 
pretty much as far away as she could. She's in the UK in Brighton, going to the University of Brighton and loving every second of it. Oh, wow. And that's been a beautiful transition for us. I know not everyone experiences that, but mm-hmm. I worked so dang hard on getting that girl independent and I did it. I did it. She's thriving and she's she, like surviving. Yes. And she reaches out when she needs to, when she wants help, when she needs help. And otherwise she's very independent. And I'm like, this is how it's supposed to go. Right. Win. <laughs> so total win. So there's, there's a little introduction, um, me versus Tyson, but we're also the same parts. We're yeah. both coaches. We're both very into personal development and this idea of becoming, um, we're both interested. I think So Tyson coached me at the end of 2020, back Mm -hmm. when you were doing like time coaching. Yeah. We didn't talk a whole lot about time, but the one takeaway I got from those three months working with Tyson was that I was, I really wanted to spend time in my scriptures. And I was feeling this tension with like how much time versus whatever. I don't even remember what exactly the conversation was. And I remember you coached me to this place where it doesn't take time to get inspiration. Hmm. Right. And like that still echoes in my head, you know, a couple of years later. So we both have this like desire to be connected to God, to have servant hearts to, you know, like just our communication with heavenly father, with Jesus Christ. Anytime I hear you talk about it on your podcast, I'm like, yes, like Tyson and me are the same in this way. Like we're so like this, this conversation that we have ongoing with, with our Lord, with our savior is very similar. So yeah. That's that's so cool. I love that. Um, and (laughs) I just love this, the differences you know Tyson takes cold showers he takes yeah I guess that is you know and that's the thing is that has been an evolution right you know right. I think that's what all of us are going through is you know we might we might think it's cool we might look at other people and you might say oh like I've heard a lot about cold showers and you might try it. you might absolutely hate it and you're just like no thank you and that's not you <laughs> Well, one thing I will add is that I am a trauma coach and one, and something I've been working on for myself is that I have been in a chronic freeze state kind of my, I've had a lot of trauma in my past. It's mostly kind of like developmental trauma, just the, the little neglects that my parents didn't have the capacity to give. I mean, they really were quite limited in their capacity. And one thing I've learned about the freeze state Hmm. is that heat is part of the healing. So using heating pads, drinking soups or warm drinks, sitting in the sun. And so when I think about cold showers, there's part of me that's like, yeah, I want to push myself. I want to like push through that resistance and be okay with the cold. But there's a bigger part of me that knows that I'm still coming out of this chronic freeze state and that warm showers are so, so good for me. Okay. So that's interesting because, um, and when you say freeze state, what do you mean by that? It's the state of your nervous system. That's sort of like stuck or frozen as a 
as an adaptive response, as a way yeah. to keep you alive. Right. So we're talking got, about fight, flight, or freeze that, that yes. kind of freeze. Okay. Yes. Fight, flight, or freeze. Yeah. So when we encounter a danger, whether it's real or perceived, our initial inclination is to run away. If we can't do that, then we fight. If mm-hmm. neither of those is available for whatever reason, then our body shuts us down in order to keep us more safe. Right. Mm-hmm. So you imagine like if you are fighting against a kidnapper, you could hurt yourself. Like I, as a petite woman, mm-hmm. if I try to fight against someone who's much stronger than me. It's more likely that I get hurt than they get hurt. Yeah. Right. So as a response to that, I can't run, I can't fight. Okay. Let's conserve energy. Let's just go along. Let's shut down in a way. Yeah. And when we have developmental trauma, which is not, it's not like the shock trauma, like a a time defined event. It's more of like the little everyday things. Like I grew up, my parents were drug addicts and alcoholics and they were children themselves. My mom had me when she was 17. My dad was 20. Um, They were not regulated at all. And they yelled a lot in our home it was a lot of chaos. We didn't ever know. Like I didn't know when I got home from school is my, our mom and dad going to be like happy today, or are they going to be fighting with each other? Are they going to be silent? Right. So there was a lot of that, like unknown. And so what that does that kind of that experience in an ongoing form, it kind of keeps you in that frozen. Like I have to be small. I have to stay quiet. I have to be good. I have to take care of them. Hmm. Right. I can't fight this and I can't run away. They're my parents. Yeah. So the only other option is the freeze. And, and it's not like you're literally frozen. Sometimes this could look like depression, but it's more like, um, like driving a car, you sort of have your foot on the brake all the time. Yeah. Right. And so one thing that I've learned, which has, it was actually really surprising when I it finally clicked, my coach kept saying, use heating pads, drink, you know, hot drinks and soups and just like heat, heat, heat. And I was just like, okay, yeah, whatever. I just thought it was like an extra. And then I started doing it. I was like, okay, she's she's telling me do this. And I, that's when I really started noticing, noticing things shifting for me. I was like, oh, I feel like I have more space in my body. That's fascinating. It's, you know, when we talk about the nervous system, it's actually a frozen state, like in the cells of our bodies, mm-hmm. like the cells are, are more, more rigid, less fluid than somebody else's cells that maybe isn't in a chronic freeze. Yeah. And so it's a biological physiological thing. Our, the cells need more energy, right? Because when you're in a freeze state, it's basically your body saying we need to conserve energy. And so it wants to not expend energy. And it also wants to like eat all the carbs, right? Which Mm -hmm. my whole life, you're a sugar shunner. My whole life, I've always been like bread, sugars, like all the carbs. Right. And so, and now it makes sense. Now I'm like, oh my gosh, this was my body, like keeping me alive basically. Right. So that's one of the reasons why I haven't tried out the cold showers. Yeah. Yeah. But I think I'll get there. Um, yeah, well, what it makes me think about is, okay, so if there's like, this is a freeze response, it's not like we're cold, yes, it's not like we're physically cold, but that warmth 
allows for there's this actually literal opening of our cells and that that can inform our even our mind of just even a release of trauma or a release of shame or a release of kind of the mental aspect is that that's what you found or is that yeah i mean accurate? there's there's a feedback loop between our bodies and our brains, yeah. right? So in psychology, there's a bottom up approach where you're focused on kind of the body and the nervous system and the communication from body to brain. Yeah. And in mindset work, we're focused on the top down approach, right? The communication from brain to body. Mm-hmm. And what I have found is they're both necessary yeah. um, for those of us that have trauma in our past. And especially like, I mean, even if you just have like one traumatic event, pretty much everyone has trauma, right? Everyone has some kind of emotion they haven't addressed. Um, But in my case, it's kind of trauma upon trauma upon trauma, like compounded, right? Um, That bottom up approach is really important because it started, my trauma started before I could talk, right? in like the attachment to my parents. And so it was my body, like it was how my nervous system was developing even pre-verbally. Right. Right. And so for me, that has been a really, really important part of my journey is understanding that and, and like allowing myself to feel into it, you know, asking like, what do I need with specifically with a freeze response? What's really important is resources. And I use that term loosely. It could be vitamins, nutrients, like good, healthy vitamins, nutrients could be exercise. Like those kinds of things are resources, but also heat is a resource. Like anything Mm. that makes you feel good in your body is a resource. Hmm. Right. And, and it will help the cells function at a higher level. It'll help them, um, be more efficient with their energy, all of that. So, so yes. And then, and then when that happens in your body, then your brain, the thought processes are more available. Right. Right. Is there a, a similar, um, I guess if we have warmth that it can address the freezing, is there other resources that are particular to the fighting or to the flight response? Yes. Fight and flight. So in general, we would talk about fight and flight as an active response where there's like activation, right? Um, for someone that's stuck more in an activation, it's time, time and space are the main resources. It's also true for the freeze response, like any resource will help either of the responses. Um, but if you think about like, if you get angry all of a sudden in yeah. order to diffuse that anger, you want to kind of take a beat, yeah. right? Like take a deep breath, walk away, get some distance. Yeah. So that's one of the main resources for the active response. So, I mean, you talk about this kind of mind to body approach, all right. And sometimes it's important, like both are needed, both are helpful. And where does like spirit fit in? Mm. You know, is there, is there a difference or is that just the combination of the two for you? Yeah. I mean, that's a good question. My gut instinct is to say that this, you know, 
top down is mind to body, bottom up body to mind. That's, I think kind of the natural man. Okay. Right. I think that's sort of our human form. Yeah. Um, and when I think of spirit, I think of the half of us that is divine, right. Our inherent self. And I think spirit is sort of outside of that and, and can inform that. Mm -hmm. Right. So, I mean, I don't put any, I try not to put any limits on Jesus Christ and what miracles can happen through him. So I think miracles can happen inside of our bodies when we don't have the resources, we can still have the resources. Right. Right. Um, so I, that's how I view it. I, I think that there, I do think spirit is what makes us alive. Mm-hmm. Right. So in, when we're looking at the nervous system, we're specifically, what we've been talking about is when a danger is present, right? Mm-hmm. But what happens when there isn't a danger present? That's the, the, the state of our nervous system that the calm creative state, I think that's where spirit is most effective. Yes. Agreed. Right. And of course we've all had experiences. Well, many of us have had experiences where spirit has warned us, right? Mm -hmm. Like stop right now, or don't go there or do this instead or whatever. So I don't quite understand exactly how spirit comes into play. We do know that spirit is physical matter. That is a smaller particle than like electrons or whatever. Um, so I don't know what, what, the, the picture that comes into my mind is the, the jar with the big rocks and then the little rocks and then the sand mm. and then the water. Right. I feel like spirit, like if, if our bodies, our human self is like the big rocks and the little rocks, then spirit is maybe everything else. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I guess one thing that kind of comes to mind as you talk is I see my spirit kind of informing me of what my body and mind needs Mm. and what, um, what is true, Uh, like what would best support me in whatever endeavor I'm seeking. Um, and so, uh, that, I don't know if that makes sense, but, you know, it might be the prompting to let's use heat and let's finally listen to this coach of ours who's telling yeah. us to use heat. You know, maybe this means something, maybe this is important. Um, things like that that I that it's you know, it's just trying to help us. Like our spirit knows the truth, it always knows, and it's just a matter of listening and honoring those things that it prompts us to do, which usually enter into a category of like, then you need to change something physically. You need to change something mentally. You need to change um, something, the definition of of who you are as you, you know, as you show up in the world. So I don't know. Yeah. Well, and I just think of everything is spiritual, right? So I talk about nervous system states as as though they're like strictly physical. Right. But no, I don't think that's necessarily true, right? Yeah. And and so this kind of goes into the conversation of if everything is spiritual, then where does our agency come in, right? Mm-hmm. Because I think that's where if everything is spiritual and my body is in a freeze response, like what, what you know, how do I justify that? 
Mm. And so it just makes me think that, you know, the Lord honors people's agency and he gave us these miraculous bodies. Yeah. And it's the one thing I have to constantly remind myself about is that the freeze response has kept me alive. Yeah. Even though now at 42 years old, I'm like, oh, I could look back and see how, if things had been different, maybe I wouldn't be in a freeze response, but how do I know that that was my path or that that would have been better? Right. Right. So I have to remember that everything is working for my good. The freeze response has kept me alive. And is that not what spirit does? Mm -hmm. It enlivens us. It keeps us alive. It literally gives us life. So I guess yeah. it just takes different forms depending on the person and what experiences they've had in their life. Yeah. And the thing is like, even when I think about like, if I am in a freeze response, you know, and everything is spiritual, I might just define that as, okay, that's a, maybe there's a spiritual, there's a spiritual freeze. There's a mm. spiritual blockage. There is something like spiritually that we can address or that we can speak to, um, speak to connecting with Christ and have him heal that wound that's in our soul. Yes. You know, it's like, there's all these wounds that we have. And, and that's why, I mean, I love the definition of uh, saying, instead of saying something is sin, saying something is a wound. It's just like, Hey, here's a wound that you've had and that you've grown up with. And that many of our wounds aren't even our fault. They're just unconscious. We just don't even recognize that we have them. And And are we willing to connect with Christ in such a way to have them healed? Um, so, yes, that actually brings me to something I wanted to mention about the journey I went on after our Marco Polos and everything. Let's get into it. Yes. Um, I'm actually going to skip to the end, Mm. um, or more towards the end. I I feel like I'm still on the journey, right? Yeah. Recently, like in the last 10 days or so, I was talking with Christ, part of my spiritual practice in meditation. And my goal is to get up earlier, to get out of bed earlier. And we'll talk about how I arrived there and my whole journey with it. (laughs) But I had this moment where I was just like, I can't do this. Like it's, it's, it's too much for me. It's too hard. I can't do this. Like you got to help me Christ. Yeah. And in my mind's eye, he's sitting next to me and he kind of chuckles and I'm kind of like, why are you chuckling? Right. (laughs) And he's like, finally, finally you realize Mm. you need my help. And this is a little bit mind boggling to me because I identify as someone who is very close to the spirit, who receives personal revelation easily, who, you know, but what I realized after that exchange was that my definition of like coming to Christ and, and like relying on Christ was I go to him. I ask him questions. He gives me direction. Yeah. And what he was saying to me is you got to let me do some of the work. Yeah. And it like blew my mind and my heart open, right? It it humbled me. I was like, oh, I thought I've been coming unto Christ. 
I thought I was relying on him. I thought I was giving him my burdens. Yeah. I thought I was yoking myself with him. Right. Right. But I was still thinking that I had to do all the work, that he was just sort of like the counselor, the, the wise advisor. Yeah. And what I actually talked about this on my podcast, trauma coaching Mm -hmm. for Latter-day Saints. And what came up for me is that I have one of my best friends in the world lives about five minutes away from me. And we normally eat dinner together every Sunday. We kind of swap off houses. Nice. And when either I'm at her house or she's here at my house after dinner, we do the dishes together. We clean up, we put all the leftovers away. We do the dishes. We chat as we're doing it right now. If someone, if I host someone at my house that I don't know, it's the first time they've ever been there. I'm, you know, we're acquaintances, not yeah. friends. I don't let them help me clean up. Mm-hmm. And so I had this moment of, I was like, oh, I've been treating Christ as like the honored guest mm-hmm. who like, just sit there and like, oh, maybe we'll get out a game or, you know, chat, whatever. And I'll clean up dinner. It's fine. I got it. Yeah. And what he was asking me is, let me come help you with the dishes. Oh. Right. And so it really helped me see, like, I haven't been treating Christ. Like I kind of thought I was, but I really haven't been treating Christ as like my friend, right. As like someone yeah. who I know intimately, who I don't care if my house is a mess. He can come in any time. Yeah, sure. Grab a load of laundry, start folding. Right. That's not how I was treating him, which the funny part is, is that he is the honored guest and he's the friend. Yeah. Right. But that has been like such a huge shift for me as I think about my mantra is I am connected to the spirit always. Yeah. Right. And so it just kind of took me a a layer deeper with that. Right. Well, and I think too, just, um, that there is this deepening, mm. um, any, any kind of, um, statement, any kind of identity that you like live into, or that you feel is who you are. I think that there's, there is kind of this constant deepening and strengthening and, um, refining yes. because, you know, as I personally, it's like, I have a number of different, different statements. And one, one statement that I think has evolved for me is this idea of, I am a a cold comforter, you know, I take cold showers with ease and, and, you know, there have been various points and times in my cold shower journey that have been, uh, just filled with resistance, right? As you can imagine, it's like you even just thinking about, okay, I'm, I'm, today's the day that I need to take a cold shower, <laughs> you know, that it's just like, I don't want to do that, you know? And I remember listening to this, um, this presentation and I think, I think it was Russell Brunson, but he was talking about Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins was having a conversation with Tom Bilyeu and Tom Bilyeu was taking cold showers and struggling with it. And Tony's just like, 
Well, that's because you're, you're thinking it's going to be horrible. You're not looking forward to how you'll feel afterwards. And it was interesting because as I thought about this, um, it kind of reminded me of the scripture. Um, it's in Alma chapter 32. It's at the end when he's talking about the seed, but he's like looking forward to the fruit thereof. So Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, if we don't look forward to the fruit thereof and then the nourishing and the dunging and like all the process of taking care of a plant and growing a seed, um, it can be laborious and it can be something that we resist and that we don't want to dive into unless we are looking forward to the fruit thereof, unless we're like looking forward to how we're going to feel afterwards and how amazing it's going to be. And, um, you know, as I thought about this, I, you know, it's like, I'm getting ready to go for another cold shower kind of thing. And I, uh, I've, I heard another thing. This is like all connected. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, if, oh, if any of you heard of, uh, I think it's, is it Jared Halverson? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So he, he has the unshaken podcast. Unshaken on podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He did this presentation with faith matters. Um, talking about the, just the process that everybody goes through of creation, fall atonement. And these are like the three pillars of eternity kind of thing that yeah. and um, stages of faith and stages of faith. And uh, to me, like there was this, this connection of all these pieces come together of here I am and I'm about to take this cold shower. And I realize, wait, it's like I could resist this or I could look forward to the fruit thereof. And what is that fruit? And it's like, oh, it's atonement. It is this bringing at one of who I really am and doing it with Christ. And Christ is the source of me and the power in which I can become more of who I really am. He is the one that brings me into oneness with my godliness. And so I look forward. I was just like, oh my goodness, like, yes, that. And it, and it was what's fascinating about this is that it's like, okay, when you have these moments of resonation, I feel like what happens to me, even on a physical level, is that warmth spreads. Mm-hmm. It's like a warmth, a truth, a resonation. It's like, boom. And, and I'm just like, oh, yeah, take the cold shower. It's like, let's go, you know, no problem. But it's just all these connections, these, these pieces put together. And it's like, okay, now that's another element of this same statement. It's like, it's deeper. It's more true. It's just like, okay, I'm realizing that this cold shower is, is, is not just a cold shower to me. Mm. It's not just a cold shower to me. It's, it's like, I've always wanted to not be so uptight. And cause usually in the cold, it like, it just makes my back hurt. I, I get into this tightness and this tension and I've never liked that. And I've always wanted to be someone that can just like, I can be at ease in the cold. And so it's like, this is my work. This is my training. This is, this is more of who I am than any other thing. And when I step into that, it's like, that's like, I find so much joy in that. And so for other people, it might be different, but I think it's just a neat way to, to start thinking about it. Yeah. I just realized that I might not take cold showers, but I've been spending the last three years taking walks in the cold, which before that time, I 
I didn't go on walks regularly because I didn't like being cold. So I would go on walks like in the summer when it was nice. And I spent a good two years walking in the cold to practice releasing resistance. Yes. Right. So now I have this, it's kind of a mantra. It's not an I am statement, but I can say I can be cold and tight, or I can just be cold. Mm, Yeah. And it helps me in so many different areas. Right. So I, you can use that concept Mm -hmm. no matter what, right. I can make dinner and be resentful or I could just make dinner. Yeah. (laughs) Right. I mean, so much of our work is to just drop the resistance. Right. In my journey, I, I want to just say amen to everything you said about cold showers and resistance and how it brings you closer to Christ and all of that. For me, the resistance was getting out of bed. Yeah. Right. Still still is still lots of resistance there. And I just want to say the reason. So originally months ago, probably last July, August, sometime you came to our, our mastermind group and you're like, I want to teach you guys about this framework I'm putting together. Right. And I think the question you asked was what's a habit that you're working on, or you want to create that's sort of originally how you couched it. And so immediately I was like, oh, I've been working on getting up earlier for 20 years. Yep. That's my habit that I'm working on always. (laughs) Right. And in the I, in your, I am me framework. Yeah. I is what is ideal. Yeah. I had to spend a lot of time in the, what is ideal, like weeks. Yeah. Thinking about it because what I realized was that answer, I want to get up earlier was so like conditioned and so automatic, right? That I was no longer connected to the reason for it. And I realized, oh, that's kind of a conditioned response. It's like the world says you should wake up earlier and your whole life will feel better. And you know, all of that. So I, I really had to question, is that what I really want? Like, why, why do I want that? When did that start? Right. I had to spend time coaching myself around that and, and peeling back all these layers of like, do I really want that? And, and part of it is I let myself not want it for a while. I'm like, nope, it's right. not what I want. And then I kind of got to this point. What, one of my sort of personal revelations along this journey was that I'm a midwife. And what I mean by that is like, I have midwife energy, this, this energy of, I meet the needs of the moment, but it's not on a specific timeline. It's Mm -hmm. just the baby comes when the baby comes, right? right? We can't schedule that. And so I sort of leaned into that. And then what I realized is what I really want is connection with God. I want to carve out time in my life because we all know that all the demands are going to come rushing in. Yeah, You have to carve out the time consciously, deliberately. I want time with God. That could look like reading scriptures. It could look like meditation or prayer. It could look a million different ways. Mm-hmm. But I realized that I wasn't going to do that in the middle or at the end of my day. I've, I've tried that. It just, it wasn't going to be an easy way to carve out that time. Yeah. So then I got back to, yes, I want to get up earlier. Now I'm reconnected to a reason that really resonates with me. Mm. Right. So I didn't, I'm maybe a bad student of Tyson Bradley. I didn't like (laughs) actually go like, I am me and like, write it all out. Like you say to, I mean, I did plenty of writing and journaling right along the way, 
but I kind of naturally moved through all the different things that you talk about, right? which I kind of went, I, and then I skipped down to the me, which is, was the mantra, which is like, I, I want to, I'm connected to God. Yeah. I'm, I'm a vessel of the spirit kind of thing. Um, I spend time with God. Yeah. Right. And then I had to really feel it. I had to go to that evoke phase and like, like, what does that feel like when I'm connected to God? And I realized I am connected to God. Like it's already there. Just like what you talk about, right. It's already in me. I'm so connected. I'm always having conversations. I'm always relating to like, why did God want me to do this? Or why did he want this to happen? Right. It's always about, he's got a bigger purpose for me. I don't always know what it is, but I can surrender to that purpose. And then I could go back to, um, amplify, which for me, what I realized, and I really wanted, I'm grateful we're getting to this point because for, when you talk about amplify, you talk about what would it be 10 X, which in my mind, from a logical perspective is always like a bigger version. Right. Right. But what I realized for me in this particular goal is the amplification of it was almost like a a getting smaller. Hmm. Like it's like the, the amplification was the, the distance between God and me is getting smaller. Yeah. Right. And so it was sort of like, Oh, I was like trying to think of you know, when I set a goal, what would be ideal is my alarm goes off and I just immediately feel awake, right? Like I'm thinking yeah. about things, but really what I had to amplify was the, the feeling in my life, right? What do mm. I want to feel more of, which was that connection, that, that sort of like that focus, the closeness, which practically speaking means that there's less in my life. Yeah. Less things that I'm focusing on fewer commitments. It's sort of this, um, pruning back of all of the things and, and really focusing in on what's really important. And also along the way I realized, because something that's frustrating to me about myself and this habit that I'm still working on is that I, according to Gretchen Rubin, I'm an obliger right? So she's got the four tendencies. I'm an obliger, which means, um, I put outer expectations on the top of my list and my inner expectations, things I do just for me tend to fall to the bottom of my list. Right. And it also, most obligers need external accountability to, to really get themselves going to follow through on things. And that's always bothered me. I'm like, I want to be accountable to myself. Right. But one thing I realized, this is just another way of saying obliger is what really gets me moving and going is what I commit to. Mm, Yeah. Right. And so what I realized along the way is that I could commit to God in this and I can commit. I mean, I can hire an accountability partner, right? Right. That action just shows my true commitment of like. I am committed to carving out this time to making it a regular thing in my life in a way that feels like it's a habit, right? Like, like it's 
it's still, there still might be some resistance when my alarm goes off, but it's just like, oh, I can practice that resistance and then moving on from it. Right. So I did, I hired an accountability partner. Well, I didn't hire them. I just asked someone, a coach friend of mine, Hey, you've been talking about needing an accountability partner. I'm ready now. Yeah. (laughs) And so now I have this accountability partner that I have to send a picture of myself dressed to like as early as possible. Right. So yeah, I'm, I'm slowly moving the time back, but that was frustrating to me until I realized that how I operate just kind of, kind of a, who I am is I operate in relation to my commitments. Mm. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I'm like, no, I kind of like that. Right. And so I just had to really sit with, oh, I'm committed to God. I'm committed to my husband. I'm committed to my kids. I'm committed to my calling. You know, I'm, I'm, there are things in my life that I'm committed to that. I'm not going to just ignore. I'm not just going to sleep through. Right. Right. And something that came up for me too, is I realized kind of like you were talking about looking forward to the fruits of the, of the spirit. I was looking at the wrong thing. I was looking at when I get up, how tired I'm going to be and how hard it's going to be. And all of this, I realized, oh, I need to look for, I'm going to be connected. Yes. I'm going to be connected to God. I'm going to feel his presence in my life. I'm going to be that vessel of letting the spirit work through me, Mm -hmm. whatever comes up in the moment. Right. Cause I don't always like schedule everything out, but I do trust that if I get a prompting, I will follow through on it. I'm like, felt like a prompting to call you. I don't know why, what's going on. How are you friend? Right. Right. And so that is what I want. And, and it was this, a lot of tension between that, this idea of just being connected to God and responding in the moment to that connection and what the world says, which is like, wake up at 5am and do 20 minutes of this. And then 20 minutes of that. And, you know, (laughs) it's like, I needed a lot more fluidity, right? A lot more just ability to respond to whatever comes up. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm a mom. That's yeah. the essence of who I am and what I do. Right. Some things I can schedule, but mostly I've got these sort of islands in my schedule that are blocks of time that are scheduled out and everything else. I need to be fluid around that. I need to be able to respond. I need to be able to adjust. Right. So I was kind of taking what the world was saying and be like, oh, you need to decide ahead of time and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, no, none of that feels good to me. I just want to be connected to the spirit intimately, deeply in a way that I know I can rely on that connection all the time Yeah, and the rest will follow. I love that. Yeah. There's uh there's kind of just this, even as you describe it, how you are reminding yourself and learning about yourself throughout this whole experience. And I think that that's one thing that I find is so, so fun, refreshing. It's, it's just this idea of, Hey, like you're going to have some ideas of what you think is the best route to go of what you think is you. And you can go ahead and just start trying it out. 
And you're going to soon find out what is you and what isn't you, because you're going to know based on how you feel. And it sounds like, you know, as you were kind of wrestling with, you know, what is my ideal? Where does this really come from? I love the question. It's like, why, like, why do I want this? And why is this my ideal? And unless we question it, and unless we spend time with ourselves in the discovery, I don't think um, you'll ever get to that point of really feeling aligned or really feeling the joy of what this is supposed to mean to you. So I'm so glad you said that because I think this is an element that like even people that are coming to you, people who are listening to this podcast who are like, yes, I love Tyson's method. Yeah. Sometimes we're doing it with this attitude of, oh, he's got the right way. Right. So if I just follow this method, then I'll figure it out. Yeah. As, as if there's a right way and a wrong way, but there's so much experimentation in yeah. the method, right? If you allow yourself to do it that way, that is probably one of the biggest lessons I learned from 2022. Hmm. I did a lot of things in my business. I tried out stuff. I, I was just like at this point where I could just be experimental before that I was like, so scared of doing things wrong. And I don't, I don't know exactly when it happened, but I woke up one day and I was like, I'm just going to try stuff. Right. And I, and I had the confidence to be like, I know what Brooke Castillo says. And I know what Tyson Bradley says. I know what yeah. all of these mentors say. I, I have to do it my own way. I ha- like, I have to figure it out myself. Right. And once I was able to allow myself to experiment, the first experiment I did I did a $25 offer mm-hmm. that started in January and it was all about, um, atomic habits. It was all right. about habits and how to start really small and incrementally work your way. And I had 30 people sign up and we met in a Facebook group and I coached yeah. them in the Facebook group. I learned, I hate Facebook. <laughs> I hate <laughs> Facebook. Like I hate coaching in Facebook groups. Yeah it's glitchy. It's unreliable. I don't get to see people's faces. Like Mm. halfway through that, it was a three month offer, $25, three months. I'll coach you whatever in the Facebook group. My goal was to do monthly zoom calls. And I ended up moving that to weekly zoom calls because I hated Facebook so much. So I was like learning along the way here guys, Mm. but I went into it with this air of experimentation. It was like, I'm going to learn. And I don't know what's going to happen. And I'm going to keep this. I know for sure everyone will get at least $25 worth of value. Yeah. I'm not going to charge any more than that because I want this to be really light and nimble and for me to be able to change it. And people might be disappointed, whatever. Right. So it's so important, even people doing your IME method to come at it with like, we're learning. We're learning more about ourselves. We're learning about God. We're learning about how the spirit speaks to us. Right. There's no like absolute rights and wrongs, right? Tyson just created this brilliant method. That's really helpful. Yeah. But some people like I, I kind of got stuck on the amplify for a little bit. I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't want to make it bigger. and, eh, eh." And then I realized, oh, it's like, I'm making a negative bigger. Okay. I could amplify the negative. 
Yeah. Right. The, the doing less <laughs> the taking away. Yeah. The taking away. Yeah. But yeah. It, it took me a while to get there. Right. Yes. No, it's so true. And it's, I, this is one thing that I love about some of my, my clients that I have right now is just, they are a constant reminder of, of this principle of like, we'll be on calls at times and I might say something and they're just like, I don't know how I feel about that. (laughs) And it's so valuable because I'm just like, oh, there I go again, thinking I've got the right answer. Like, or, or it'll just be like, oh, this works for me. And the fact that it doesn't resonate with you, that's good. And what I keep trying to teach everybody is just like, approach life with this lens and with this filter, with this like awareness of a filter, kind of like, okay, I'm listening to this podcast right now. There's some things that Denise is saying. They're just like, eh, I don't know if they're landing. There's things that she is saying. There's like, oh my goodness, truth, truth, truth. Same thing with me. And it's like, my job though, is to be able to start discerning that start recognizing that because I feel like it's just as important to, to listen to what resonates as it is to listen to what doesn't, because in what doesn't resonate, I actually maybe learn more about myself. Yeah, I think so. Brooke So, who you had on your podcast recently, she teaches clarity comes in the contrast. Mm, I love that. And if you think about it in terms of photography, when there's sharp contrast, it's very clear what's in the picture. When the contrast is taken down and there's just kind of these shapes and colors, it's not, it's not as clear. Right. Right. So I agree. I think sometimes knowing what doesn't resonate is almost more useful. Yes. Oftentimes. And I will say there's a meta skill to your method, right? Yeah. The golden thread through all of the I am me is touching into yourself, the spirit, right? Yeah. What, how does this feel? What's the answer coming from me? Yes. Which there is spirit inside of us. Right. So I think that your method is brilliant because it forces people to do exactly that to say, how does this feel to me? Yeah. Right. So yeah, if anything here doesn't resonate, just check it. Just be like, oh, that's not for me. Garbage. Use it. Use (laughs) it. Yeah. And and use it to learn about yourself. Cause if we aren't, what are we doing here? Yeah. What are we doing here? I think the whole point is for us to become, and I hesitate to use that word, but to become more of ourselves in the way of don't water yourself down, learn who you are, and then turn the dial way up on that. Mm, Like be that, be more of that in the world. Yes. Right. And when you can't, that's an awesome learning opportunity too. Yeah. When, when you can't, you're learning about who you are. Cause like, I feel like those moments where it's almost like you're restrained from showing up as you are. It's like, you feel it. You feel the tension, you feel um, off. You don't feel like you can be yourself in certain situations. And it's just like, you don't want to be in that environment. So, yeah. And I think the more you get used to 
connecting with yourself, relying on your own intuition, the less you tolerate pushing through that and being something that you aren't. Yes. Yep. Right. So it, it, it just builds on itself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, even as, uh, even as simple as like, say you're at Sunday school and you just want to stand, you just want to have, you know, it's like, you just feel the need to stand, you know, instead of sit, it's like, are we going to honor that? Or are we going to like force ourselves to sit because that's what we do? Yeah. It's not okay to stand. It's like, just stand up, go to the back of the room. No problem. So it's just, it is interesting, but um, for you, Danita, I don't know if there's like, based upon your journey, based upon everything that you've experienced in applying the method, is there anything else that you feel is important to share? Um, I think I covered most of what I wanted to say. There's one thing that might be useful to some listener out there, which is that I decided that getting up earlier and my goal is to regularly get up at 6am Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. And right now I'm at like 7:15. I regularly get up before 7:15. So throughout 2023 my goal is to push that time back to 6am. Um that's just my goal. But I decided that I'm really only focusing on that one goal. Mm. Um and maybe I'll get to 6 months through the year and I'll be done. I'll be like, "Oh, I can focus on another one." But I was journaling and these words came out of my mind. The benefit of focusing on a single purpose is a multitude of blessings. Hmm. And I have really found that to be true. Constraining myself to this one goal. And, and I will say also that one of the reasons is because I think once I can get this, this one habit really solid in place, then several other habits that I want to create in the future will become easier, right? right. Cause I will have carved out this time and I've, I've noticed that as I've kept my brain from going down the other paths of like, oh, maybe we should work on this. Maybe we should work on that. I'm just every day I journal about how did I feel when I woke up? What time, what time did my alarm go off? What time did I get out of bed? How did I feel? What was coming up for me today? I'm really focused on that one thing. And what I have found is that as I continue to consult the Lord, and yeah. let him work on my behalf as well. I'm, I'm able to go deeper with it. Yeah. Right. Versus like, it used to be one day I would ask about a goal and the next day I would ask about what should I do with my kid and the next day this, and I'm not saying that I won't pray about any of those things as well, right. but I'm really kind of hyper-focused on this time, like moving up my, my wake up, get up time yeah. so that I can be with the Lord in a more, like more expansive amounts of time so that, and then there's like a million things, right. Mm-hmm. So that I can be a better mom to my kids so that I can be a better wife to my husband so that I can fulfill my calling better, like all of those things. Right. Um, so that, that has been something that's kind of been ringing around in my head of constraining to one purpose. And I know not everyone's going to love that. Like that's something that's working for me right now. Yeah. And I have found a multitude of blessings come from that. It's awesome. What else, uh, if 
people are interested in learning about you and maybe even working with you, what, what would you tell them? Where do they need to go? They should visit my website, DanitaBremer.com. And that will tell them a lot about who I am, my history, kind of how I coach the methods I use. Um, and I'm launching a group program right now and I'm super excited about it. It officially starts February 1st, but it's going to be a somatic based coaching program. Mm. So the conversation we had about the nervous system at the top of the call, it's going to be really about that, but Also, because Tyson and I are so similar, the goal, well, the name of it is called presence. So the goal is to increase presence in your life. Cause we all say, I want to be more present with my kids. Mm -hmm. And in order to do that, you have to connect with yourself. You have to be present to yourself, to the sensations in your body, to the emotions, to the urges, to all of that. And so I'm bringing some somatic tools and we meet weekly and it's, I, I'm, I'm a very intuitive coach, but I've done a beta run of this program and it was very successful. Um, so I'm very excited to see how the spirit tutors me in this group. So come on over. There's a, there's a page on my website, danitabremer.com slash presence. Um, that kind of gives you all the details. And so there's a monthly, it's, it's kind of a membership, I guess there's a monthly payment. It's a year long program. Yeah. You can pay monthly or you can pay in full. If you pay in full, you get a couple months off kind of a little oh. discount. And if you sign up by March 31st, and you pay in full, you're a founding member and you get lifetime access. Yeah. So it's going to be really awesome. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm looking forward to anyone that feels drawn to it. That feels drawn to me. Um, right now I have two people signed up, so it might be very intimate at first and yeah. I'm totally okay with that. Yes. So fun. Oh my goodness. Well, I'll put the links in the little show notes description. So if any of you are interested in learning more about presence and Danita and all the work that she does, then you can go there. So appreciate you, Danita. So fun to have you on here. Love you. You're amazing. Tyson Bradley, (laughs) you guys go join his family. Come join the family. Seriously. And I have an idea for you to need it that might help with your 6 a.m. So we'll talk about that. (laughs) Let's talk about it. All right. Goodbye, everybody.